to my bedroom. Don't think that me letting you in here is an invitation for any funny stuff. I mean, not that I have a problem with funny stuff. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle! Welcome! My name is Tom. I'm Andrea. It's been way too long. It's been far too long, and we have missed you. We did! So here on The Other Castle, we do book reports on video games. <laughs> Very good book reports. Very good book reports. And uh, before we get started, we kind of want to explain what's happened to us, where we've been, and why we've taken such a long break. We missed you so much, and it's partially my fault, so you can blame me. Now, let's not play the blame game at all. As you all know, there is a global pandemic going on, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with what happened with us. No, my stomach fell apart. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what happened with you, just briefly to let everybody know like where we went and, and why we took such a long break. Yeah, my stomach basically crapped out on me. I had to have a surgery. I was on bed rest while I was healing. I'm still kind of healing, but yeah, my stomach just stopped working and I had to get some new aftermarket parts for my stomach. I have some metal inside of me now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But I'm getting better and we've missed you all so much and we're excited to get back now that I can stand and sit and walk and do really cool normal things. Do normal things like eat. Eat. Eating is a very good one. Eat without anything coming back up is a big one for me. So we're excited. Yeah. At the very least, I was able to play a few video games during your downtime. That's true. You did have to fill your time somehow. And so we've got some pretty exciting games, like a game I was never expecting to do that's coming up. Uh, let's give like a little brief hint at some of the games coming. Spooky. Ooh, yeah. So one is uh, 1970s Dance Elysium. I don't know another word for Elysium. So Disco Elysium. I don't really know that word in general. Yeah, that, that game's coming up. Um, we're going to give you guys one that I've heard you guys request so much. So yes, Five Nights at Freddy's will be this season. Dun, most dun, definitely. Dun. What else we got coming? I have a game that I got weirdly into that truly gave me nightmares, like genuine nightmares. Mm -hmm. It's a little... Little creeper called Outlast. Outlast. So, Ugh. speaking of Outlast, so we actually have already recorded that episode. We recorded it just before Andrea got sick. It was supposed to be our premiere. So, that episode's actually going to come out next week. Yep. Uh, we felt like we needed a little explanation for where we've been, and we did not put that in that episode because we recorded it without knowing any of this stuff was going to happen. It happens. Also, I played the whole thing, so, like, fuck me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrifying game. Like it's it keeps showing up on lists of like the scariest video games ever made behind was it PT? PT. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to write that off on my taxes cuz that was fucking terrifying. She made that sacrifice for all of you. I did, and I played it on the Switch, which feels like a console that's too innocent for a game like Outlast. But when you play games like that, you always like turn off all the lights, oh, get yeah. underneath a blanket and let yourself be absolutely terrified. Yeah. What's your point? <laughs> That's how you play the games. But seeing of games, today's game is one that I'm fascinated by because I'm a bit of a perv, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this game because I didn't play this game. I, I know very little about it, but I do remember it coming out and I was a fan of like everybody involved that made this game. So oh, yeah. I'm really excited. What is this week's game? This week we're doing Lollipop Chainsaw. Vroom vroom. That is a perfect descriptor of this game. <laughs> so this game came out in North America June 12th, 2012. It's almost in its anniversary year. Maybe we'll get a remastered edition. Almost We're not going at 10 years. Okay. We're so not getting a remaster. <laughs> <laughs> this came out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox that summer. This is from Suda51, who's a Japanese game designer. Okay. Partnered with the now much more famous James Gunn. Right. He was not a big name in 2012 when this game came out. He was a weird kind of BC list creator at the time, and now he's full fucking A-list Marvel creator and DC creator. Yeah, he had some, uh, some, I would say, indie hits under his belt. Certainly. He had a cult following, uh, myself amongst them, but... Uh, yeah, he was not a big popular name at the time at all. Yeah. So Suda51, the Japanese developers that he worked with, they do visual novel adventure games. So very story driven. Um, the Silver Case is one of their games. No More Heroes. And th they don't have a very extensive catalog. Okay. And James Gunn at the time was just kind of around from Slither. 
Right. That was like his one big hit. Yeah. And now he designed the Guardians ride at Disneyland. So (laughs) that's where his career has gone. And if you're not familiar with James Gunn, he did The Suicide Squad, the one that recently came out. Right. The Um, sequel. And he's done all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Right. So he's just like, let's do fun team ups with pop music and be all bombastic about shit. Yeah, and I remember him from back in those days. So I was one of his like little indie like followers. So yeah, he had Slither. He came from the Troma movies. So yeah. he did a lot of like the Toxic Avenger stuff. And then he went on, he did a great TV series on I think it was VH1. It was called Scream Queens. And it was not the Scream Queens, it's like the drama TV series. The one that was on Fox. Right. This Scream Queens was like a reality TV show that was trying to find the next big uh, you know, Scream Queen. Oh. So we also uh, recently got a new uh, partner in the house, and that's our cat. And so if you hear her in the background every once in a while, sorry, she likes to visit with us too. And so he was a judge. uh, He was a creator and judge on this show, Scream Queens. Uh, He also did some internet shows like uh, PG Porn. Oh, PG Porn is so good. It's very funny. Look that stuff up. I wouldn't call it PG Porn. It's more R-rated porn. There's no nudity. (laughs) There's just lots of cursing and inappropriate stuff going on. It's very funny. Uh, and then his first foray into working with raccoons was something called Sparky and Michaela that he also did. It was another internet show where he worked with a puppet raccoon and a girl who was a superhero and trying to balance her superhero life with her secret identity life. Anyway, so that's James Gunn. Foreshadowing. So this game came about because Suda51, the, group, the Japanese group, were like, we're kind of sick of doing the same hack and slash games. What if we did something like really crazy? And they were drawing things up on the board. They came up with a cheerleader with a chainsaw. And they were like, Ooh. whatever that is, let's just fucking do it. <laughs> and they started looking for American creators because they wanted a new spin. They wanted fresh eyes. They ended up with James Gunn. And that's the story of how Lollipop Chainsaw came together. It was supposed to be ported to the Wii U and the 3DS, but that fell apart. Because why would this ever be a 3DS title? This doesn't sound like a Nintendo title at all. No. This was developed by Grasshopper, and they sold a million units worldwide, making it the Grasshopper developer's most successful title. I mean, that's not a terrible sale through. No. So it sold out. It was a really weird thing. Let's talk about the marketing, because the marketing was insane. Do you remember... I mean, like I said, I remember this game coming out, uh, one, because I followed James Gunn, but also because, you know, GameStops had these advertisements in their stores and stuff, and they were just so over the top, and it was so colorful and so bright. And so ridiculous. It was like, the the protagonist, uh, Juliet Starling, is a skinny, blonde, white girl with big boobies, a round booty. She's skinny. She's like, typical hot cheerleader, and... They used the shit out of her in every piece of marketing material. Not quite Harley Quinn, but basically Harley Quinn. And voiced by Harley Quinn. Oh, is it Tara Strong? Oh, it's obviously Tara Strong. The Tara Strong. Okay. There's not a project she's not involved in. Tara Strong knows a good Tara Strong project when Tara Strong sees one. Tara Strong speaks in third person. That's why Tom's doing that. Yes. If you've ever had the pleasure of listening to a Tara Strong interview, she does speak in the third person. (laughs) That's fun. You know, Tara Strong is a big name. She'd always she's been a big name for fucking ever. So obviously that helped great get some clout for the game. The E3 debut of this in 2012 was the same year that Borderlands 2 was announced. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Dishonored, Sleeping Dogs, a game that you've played and loved. Oh, yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 came out. So there was it was a pretty big year for E3. There's a lot of big titles. And these are temple titles that came out. Easy to get overlooked. Speaking of Tara Strong, Tara won the 2013 Behind the Voice Actor Award for female voiceover for this game. Oh, really? Yeah, so she she won an award for this game. I mean, anytime Tara Strong goes after an award, Tara Strong's going to get it. It's actually pretty hard to knock Tara Strong off in a voice acting category, in all fairness. That's fair. Speaking of accolades for this game, though, the critics didn't particularly love it. Um, Metacritic gave it a 67 out of 100. Polygon gave it a six and a half out of ten. IGN gave it a five out of ten. GameSpot gave it a six and a half out of ten. One weird outlier, Destructoid gave it a nine out of ten. So we're more just concerned for those guys and if they're doing okay. I mean, that would be certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, to be fair. Yeah. So let's call it a C. So it was a solid performer for an average game. It came out. (laughs) The Daily Telegraph said of this game, It's erratic, smart, 
limited, but nevertheless a lot of fun. Lollipop Chainsaw is something of an endearing mess. An endearing mess. Yes. Ooh, I love that. And then OneUp.com said, feels just as empty and image focused as the latest Tim Burton production. There it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's how they feel about it. But you know what? I'm going to tell you about it and I'll let you decide how you feel about it. The critics found it middling. Let's see how we feel. All right, so the game starts on Juliet Starling, like I mentioned. She's turning 18 today. It's her birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, she's a skinny blonde, big boobs, big blue eyes, and she hunts zombies. She's a zombie hunter. She, Ooh. she is. She's a cheerleader, and the entire game, as unless you unlock special skins, she is in her full cheerleading uniform for San Romero High. So would you say she's like a Buffy character who has already accepted her mission? Yeah, except she's not as moody as Buffy. She's very up and cheery and bubblegum pop. and Okay. But similar vein, not dissimilar. Uh, she's a middle child for what it's worth. She has an older sister named Cordelia, Buffy. I was going to say. <laughs> and a younger sister uh, named Rosalind. Oh, Rosalind, okay. Who is real. Aesthetically, this game feels very much like a Scott Pilgrim moment. Like, it's very comic book inspired. There's a lot of, like whips and shit and oh, okay like, it's really pretty um the loading screen just plays cherry bomb the ch -ch 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 cherry bomb. bomb yeah you know the one so it's very fun it's high energy um the game also only takes about five hours oh damn okay Ish. so it's a quick one yeah it's not crazy oh we like the quick ones we love a quickie on the morning of her birthday she's late to school when a bunch of undead douchebags roll up on her those douches and she uses her chainsaw which she has on her person to kill them why wouldn't you she was on her way to school and she had her trusty chainsaw with her a girl should never walk the streets unarmed <sighs> because of men exactly douchebags <laughs> what's really fun is that when we meet her and when we meet other characters we get this kind of suicide squad moment of a character page oh, okay so it kind of the music hits and everyone freeze frames and then there's fun facts about the characters <laughs> okay so it's more like the next bus right but <laughs> we find out that her favorite food is strawberry lollipops oh so it's really fun. That uh, is like the next bus. Yeah, and I'll give you some fun facts when we meet more characters along the way. Okay. Because they put the effort into this, I feel the need to call it out. Okay. You know, it's really weird because there's no real backstory. You just wake up, you're a cheerleader who just turned 18, and you've got a chainsaw. And that's great. And, you know, the zombies are just running after her, and she's like, dope, let's fucking go. These zombies are aggressive, and you can tell that James Gunn had a Bible of, like, lines and lines and lines for them to say oh really an early one runs up and says i'll rip out your taint your taint i don't think she had one and also how Do, yeah i was gonna say girls don't have taints from what i understand no we don't have anything down there <laughs> so you get to school where zombies are driving buses and just attacking classmates so you have to fight your way into school and no one else is fighting, and <laughs> it's just you with a bunch of scared children and zombies. Well, it is your job as the local zombie hunter. As the local zombie hunter, exactly. So you get to school, you're like, all right, let's do this. While you're at school, a zombie attacks a helicopter and crashes it into school, and she goes, ah, he's probably dead. Oh my god. So, and then your mom calls you and says, hey, don't do anything stupid, and then hangs up on you. <laughs> Not like come home or like remember your training she's like don't be a dumbass oh my gosh yeah no she does not have the same mom as buffy does then does she well buffy doesn't have a mom anymore oh my god that's so heartbreaking what too soon it's like if 2007 michael bay did the last of us <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> so she gets to a park where she meets up with nick her boyfriend as she sees him, he gets bitten by a zombie in the hand. Oh, no. I know, which is exactly what happened to Ellie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we find out, per his character card, that his GPA is a 2.7, by the way. Fun fact, he's a dumbass. So it got he gets the same grades that this game got. Basically. Okay. Barely <laughs> passing. We recognize that you showed up. You didn't do great. <laughs> and he's voiced by Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, I love Michael Rosenbaum. He played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Yes, and don't you love his podcast? Yeah, and he's got a really great podcast called Inside of You as well. Gross. Yeah. 
That's great. He is wonderful in this game. Mm-hmm. I found his voiceover just delightful. He genuinely made me laugh. He's cool as shit. Oh, good. He also did some of that PG porn that we were talking about. Fun. So he's in the James Gunn camp. Yeah, he's one of his good buddies. I would say like him and uh, Nathan Fillion are like his two guys. Okay. And um, another guy who's going to show up later <laughs> who called me sexy once. It's fine. We're not going to brag about it too much. <laughs> it is Michael Rooker, right? It's Michael fucking Rooker, <laughs> who I met, and he called me sexy, and I have a selfie of us. He played Yondu in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. The he's blue Mary guy. Poppins, y'all. Yeah. So Michael Rosenbaum, a.k.a. Nick the Boyfriend, he's he's a white boy. He's in, He's a football player. He's got his fucking letterman on. He's got slick, cool guy hair. So he gets bitten by a zombie, and he's down on the ground. He's looking at Juliet. He's accepted his fate, and he says he kind of sort of loves her. And she says she loves him, too, and takes her chainsaw, and she cuts his head off. As you're supposed to if they're going to be zombified. That's true. So that's the end of the first stage. And it's really cute. At the end of each stage, you get a report card of how well you did. Oh. She's in high school. So, so cutting off your boyfriend's head is getting an A? You're not graded on that. That's pass fail. Okay. <laughs> You're more graded on how many civilians you save and how many zombos you get and combos and Zombo combo? Zombo combo. Oh, I like that. The report card does too. So Nick feels great after being decapitated and wakes up shocked that his body's gone. Juliet says she did a magical ritual to keep his head alive. Oh my gosh. And he's like, Cool, babe. How do you know how to do that? <laughs> and she's like, Well, I'm a zombie hunter. Don't hate me. And he goes, that's not related. <laughs> so wait, fuck? his head stays with her for the rest of the game? Yes. So As like a sidekick? Yes. So she picks up his head and she attaches it to her hip and she's like, you're with me and I love you. And he's like, please tell me more. Okay. So this reminds me of a character and I'm sorry to tell everybody we're not doing this game, but God of War. The most recent God of War, he had a character who like got his head cut off and was like doing quips and shit as he like hung off the back of Kratos's belt the entire time. So it's like that. So it's like a head that's just like on a belt. That is exactly what it's like. Quipping the whole time. The entire time. I love it. <laughs> yes. And he's kind of like on her cheer skirt, which there's no belt loops. And he, he's just kind of bouncing next to her butt the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, she did some black magic on him or whatever the fuck. Saved his head, and she's like, I'm a zombie hunter. Somehow you don't know this, even though we've been dating. And he's like, it's a weird day. Happy birthday. I love it. So you hack and slash your way through the school and run into the most stereotypical, like, Mr. Miyagi-ass sensei at the school. He's 77, and he's a veteran zombie hunter. Is he, like, the janitor or something? No, he's the zombie hunter. He's just the school's zombie hunter? He's the town's zombie hunter. Okay. He's who Juliet trains under to oh, okay. learn how to kill zombies. Got it. He's at the school and he's like, something bad happened between the Earth and the Rotten World. The Rotten World? And they released Rotten World gases on the Earth to create zombies. Oh, no. So there's the plane of Earth that we live on and there's the Rotten World like underneath that's got zombos and bad shit. Oh, okay. I get you. So, so they live on a hellmouth. Yeah. It's not unlike Buffy. No one's denying no. that. No, okay. He's like, all you can do is kill all the zombies, and they go on a mission to kill the zombies that are in the cafeteria, and they basically destroy the school in the process. <laughs> That's always fun. And they run out into the courtyard of the school where they meet Swan, who is voiced by Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn, okay. That is James Gunn's brother. Yeah, who is... Is he Calendar Man in the Suicide Squad? I think he's Calendar Man. He does the body work for Weasel mm-hmm. in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And then you're right. He does play another character, but he's just seen in the prison in one scene. Yeah. I don't remember who, who he was. I, I'm I'm like 80% sure it's Calendar Man. Okay. He also is the mocap for Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. And he's also one of the gang members in Yondu's gang. Yeah, he's one of the gang members. He's the one that gets the little arrow thing from Yondu afterwards after he dies. Yeah, he passed Spoiler the torch. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's been out long enough. And then he was also one of the main characters in Gilmore Girls, if you remember that show. Was he really? Yeah. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. That's... <laughs> I don't think anybody in our audience would be a fan of Gilmore Girls, to be real. There's but... not a lot of overlap. Hey, if you are, he was in Gilmore Girls. Gilmore, go for it, yeah. man. 
that's Sean Gunn in this game. Um, he's a goth bastard, and his character page says that he loves Pez, which as a Pez person. Oh, like the candies. Don't claim us. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one that opened the portal to the rotten world on the school. And the sensei tries to hit him, but is killed. Oh, no. Swan has unleashed five boss zombies from the rotten world, all from different rock genres. I like that they're labeled as boss zombies. Yeah, we're just rolling with it. <laughs> Don't think too deep about lollipop chainsaw. I'm trying not to. You literally. But you're giving me so much ammunition. You can't. So the first one is punk rock, and he looks like a skinny version of the clown from Twisted Metal. Oh, I like that. I'm sure that reference will land better than the Gilmore Girls reference. <laughs> and Juliet chainsaws him down the middle and calls him emo, which I really love. Um, and he's just this very generic punk zombie named Zed, who's voiced by Jimmy Urine from Mindless Self-Indulgence. Oh, is that a band? Yes. Okay. Oh, you're so uncool. <laughs> So Sensei's almost dead, and he's like, yay, you killed one of the purveyor boss zombies, but you got to go kill the other four before everyone becomes a zombie. And he's like, you got this, and then just dies. Oh, no. But he dies, and you see him as a ghost just walking away. So his spirit just gets up and leaves? Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't happen for anyone else that dies in this game. Well, hey, he's Just probably sensei. transcended to a higher level than anybody else in this game. Yeah, we see him walk the fuck away to the higher level, unlike anyone else in this fucking game. That's what you get when you die an old-ass zombie slayer. This game's nuts. So Juliet's heartbroken. She's lost two people today. Her boyfriend kind of died, and her teacher definitely died. And she's like, all right. And she does no, like, head-saving move on her teacher to, like, keep him around to teach her shit. He wasn't bitten by a zombie. Okay, that's fair. Her boyfriend was. Okay. And she watches the sensei take a ghost elevator to heaven. Because <laughs> that's what this game's doing. So Nick's like, hey, I'm ahead. This sucks. And she's like, no, nah, this is really cool. Let's go. She completely does not give a fuck that he's sad about this. <laughs> which is very funny. It starts raining, and Juliet notices a full-flying Viking ship being led by Viki, the Swedish death metal drummer Dark Purveyor. So we see the second boss nearly immediately. <laughs> and Vike is voiced by my boyfriend, Michael Rooker. Oh, Michael Rooker. We do love him. How could you not? He's so wonderful. He just, he puts so much effort into every role he plays. Absolutely. Ugh, he's just so good. So Juliet sees her bigger sister, Cordelia, who's voiced by Linda Cardellini. Oh, we love Linda Cardellini, too. She is the wife in Hawkeye. Yeah. She is the bad bitch in uh, Freaks and Geeks. She plays Velma in the live action Scooby-Doo movies. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's just excellent. So she's big sis Cordelia, who's very like punk rock, and she's hanging off the side of the ship. Cordelia's 20, and on her per her character card... Her turn-ons are guns, quesadillas, and bullets and enemies. Her turn-offs are talking in movies, the color blue, and sea monsters. The color blue? Turns her off. Oh, I can understand it. Dries her right up. <laughs> so she drops off a birthday gift for Juliet and gets back on the ship. So now we find this gift and we have to just go fucking help. Her gift is a uh, range weapon. It's kind of just like a missile launcher situation. So, Well, that is very useful. Because it's her birthday, she's going to get gifts throughout the game, which is just upgrades. But since it's her birthday, it's kind of cute and things come in a box with a ribbon on it. I do like that. So Juliet and Nick are getting to know each other more <laughs> while she's running around and just doing a hack and slash. And she's like, I've been a zombie hunter my whole life. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean? And she said she got her first kill at six months old. At six months? Yep. Does she go into detail? Not enough. Oh, I need to know how a six-month-old takes out a zombie. This is why I wanted to do this game. I was like, there's no way this is interesting. And then I got into it and was like, this is fucking insane. So wait, sorry, I, I must have missed it. How long have they been together? It's undetermined, but it's long enough that they're saying I love you. But not long enough that he knows jack shit about her. Yeah. Okay. So if he, like, she hasn't revealed her secrets to him. Have yet. you dated a teenage boy? No. So... They don't ask questions. Oh, okay. If there are teenage boys out there, ask questions if you date someone. Yeah. You might be hunt dating a zombie hunter. You don't know. You wouldn't know unless you asked. You don't ask questions. I've dated teenage boys when I was a teenager. They don't ask questions. That's fair. 
there, there's a couple back and forth. They're just kind of dropping some exposition about the world and how fucking crazy Juliet is. And Nick's like, this is a fucking day. <laughs> so Juliet catches up to Cordelia, who helps her get on the Viking ship to kill Viking. She ends up cutting him in half, which comes it's it's so fucking sick in the gameplay. It's pretty. And it's then, bloody, right? Oh, it's fucking gory. It's a James Gunn production. That's he, fair. He goes hard R. And he so she cuts him down the middle in half, and then the two halves fight her. So one's like just the legs coming after her <laughs> and shit. Like they did get creative with how you how the bosses progress, which is really fun. Okay. So he's his own disembodied head who runs after shit and fights her and that part's really fun she eventually does kill him and he lets the ship crash because what the fuck else is he gonna do yeah you land on the o'bannon farm which is in the boonies of town in the boonies in the boonies is everybody like suddenly southern yes okay (laughs) so she wakes up to a school bus barreling down at her out while she's out there like killing zombies and shit and she's like oh damn that's my other sister rosalind her other sister yeah now, is her sister also a zombie killer? Oh, yeah. It's a whole family thing. It's a family tradition? Absolutely. Okay, good. Like, Cordelia, she's a sniper. She specializes in range weapons. She's a total, like, badass sniper bitch. Okay. She's turned on by bullets in her enemies, That's as fair. I mentioned. That is fair. So, Rosalind is 16, and she's chaotic as fuck. She's just, she's a lot. Uh, she clearly doesn't fully know how to drive. <laughs> oh, no. So she's kind of like fl- like flopping the bus around, and Juliet's like, Jesus Christ, why are you like this? It's hard for an adult to drive a bus. <laughs> and we got a child driving one. That's fair. So Juliet's fighting all these farmer zombies, which kind of feel like uncle in the Red Dead zombie game. <laughs> Maybe I just want everything to be Red Dead, because how could you not? I right. love Red Dead. Rosalind is mowing down zombies in the bus. You're helping, so you're both kind of attacking all the farm zombies. There's big evil chickens and just weird farm shit. Like, they clearly were like, we can't have this whole game take place in a city. We'll come up with a farm slightly outside of town and do some (laughs) fun farm shit. At least they found some way to break up the monotony, though. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, There's one section in the game that's really fun where you use a, a huge crop thing. The things that just drop in crops. I don't... I'm a city cat. I don't know. drop in crops? Yeah. I don't know. What is it doing to the crops? It's putting them in the ground. Okay. And you use that to like flatten farmer zombies and stuff, which Got is kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, after you get through those sections, Rosalind whips the bus up to Juliet and is like, get in. We got to kill the zombies. And Juliet's like, yeah. And Juliet gets in and she's like, hmm, <laughs> something's amiss. Obviously, bitch. But it's not Rosalind. It's the third purveyor. Marshika. Oh, no. <laughs> she's voiced by Shawnee Smith, who is in Saw's number two, three, and four. I, yeah, I don't know who Shawnee Smith is. Haven't seen those, but thank you for your service. Oh, you know what? I bet that's the girl that was his like apprentice in those ones. Okay. Haven't seen him. I know who this one is. So she's the psychedelic rock purveyor. So it's very okay. like 60s. We're taking acid. Um, Janice, Joplin, little Lilith Fair, little Charlie Manson. So she reveals that she's captured the real Rosalind and has her trapped in a bubble. In a bubble? In a bubble. Oh, no. And she fights with bubbles. She's a whole bubble bitch. Uh, Juliet tells her to choke on her Birkenstocks, which I found offensive. (laughs) As somebody who got married in Birkenstocks. They're comfy. They are comfy. I don't. And I get I get blisters really easily. When she kills her, Juliet saws her Lilith harp apart and notices that even though they killed Marisha, Rosalind is still gone, mm. which is scary. Where did she go? We don't know. She's in a bubble somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Floating off into nothing? Yeah. So Juliet gets a call from an auto-tuned male voice that's taunting her. And he's like, I've got Rosalind. I need you to meet me down at the Fulci Fun Center, which is an arcade downtown. And he wants to fight for Rosalind. And Juliet's like, what the fuck? And Nick's like, it's a trap. Now, when you say that they've got a um, auto-tuned voice, are we going T-Pain or are we going the Scream Ghost? Oh, it's T-Pain. Okay. It's like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so Nick's like, come on, it's a trap. And she's like, I don't have another option to be very clear. We have to go help her. So, like, perfectly on cue, this bright light takes over the screen and we meet my favorite character, Gideon Starling, 
Juliet's Dilf. Juliet Dilf? Juliet's Dilf. Her dad. Oh, okay. He's so stupid hot. Oh. <laughs> He's voiced by Greg Henry, who plays Grandpa Quill in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, okay. Everyone in here ends up crossing paths with James Gunn again because he's like he's like Adam McKay and all his frat pack and like Judd Apatow and his boys. Like, yeah, he's fiercely loyal to his people. Aggressively so. Gideon Starling, the dad, he's this cool Americana Elvis rocker dad. He's on a motorcycle. He's got a pompadour. Um, He's a professional zombie killer. And per his character page, he loves peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Ew. I know, it's disgusting. but That sounds terrible. But it sounds cheap, so he sounds like a cheap date, which I love. <laughs> He's so hot. <laughs> so this is the first time that Nick is meeting her dad, which isn't crazy. Like, you know, you it's not normal to meet the parents super quick. Right. But still, like, it's, it, you do wonder how long they've been dating. It's a little awkward because he knows that Juliet's been dating someone. This is the first time they're meeting, and he doesn't have a body. He just doesn't have the balls. Or the arms or legs. <laughs> and Gideon is like, I he tries to he tries to be a very much a dad about it. He warns Nick where he touches Juliet, but Nick is again just a severed head, so he's like, What's the plan? Not even really that worried about it. You can't be. I wrote this down because it made me laugh. So the dad's like, How are you gonna protect my daughter? Throwing magic stars with your tongue? And Juliet goes, Maybe dad, Nick's tongue is very limber. And the dad's like, damn, how do you know that? And Nick goes, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if that doesn't capture a moment, dad is like, fuck this shit. Don't touch my daughter. You're useless. And I fucking hate you. Nick's like, fair. Totally get it. And Juliet's like, that's my boyfriend. Right. What the fuck, man? At least you never have to tell him to not get handsy. Because you can't because he's a severed head. Yeah. Like, do you remember meeting my dad? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. He didn't like me very much when I first met him. Yeah, you're not supposed to like your child's partners. That's just a thing. Yeah. They're rolling up on dad's motorcycle to the Fulci Fun Center, which is a giant arcade, which is a multi-story arcade, and it's shaped like an arcade cabinet. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really neat. So Juliet plans on being a distraction for the, la- for the fourth purveyor while Gideon goes in to save Rosalind. Juliet pitches that plan, and Gideon starts crying, saying his little girl is a tactile genius. (laughs) He loves it. That's really good. Juliet goes into the arcade and finds zombies playing cabinet games. Like, the zombies are somewhat sentient, where they are reacting to their environment. I was going to say, are they actually doing well? I mean, I've seen zombies play arcade cabinets, and they seem to do fine when they're in the zone. Did they have quarters lined up so that to show that they had the next game? <laughs> no, they were pretty much in their own titles. <laughs> but it's fun just to see them like interacting and not just going and eh, no, walking totally. arms straight. So she clears these floors, and as you're going up, there's some mini games, which is kind of fun. There's one that feels very much like Pac-Man. Nice. And you're hiding from ghosts. There's some level up ones. It's it's very inspired by old classic cabinets, which is cool. So she's trying to work her way up through the family fun center to get to the fourth purveyor. And he's a funk guy. So it's very like funky music. He literally screams, I'm Jossie James, bitch. (laughs) His name's Jossie James, which is fun. Uh, There's one side scroller mini game, which is kind of cool. So they try to keep it light. Okay. You know what? That's the whole fucking tagline for this game. We're keeping it light. Don't think too hard about it. Don't take this game too seriously. It's for fun. It got a C. (laughs) <laughs> so they they're going through and as she's leveling up there's different mini games at one point they just abandon the video game trope and there's a section of just her pole dancing and i wrote that's it that's the level it was destined to get there eventually yeah so she's pole dancing with the chainsaw and killing zombies as they come closer in like a radius attack oh okay so she's still killing zombies while she's pole dancing yeah but she's also pole dancing Well, they at least found a reason for it <laughs> kind of it's ridiculous. And she says something to the effect of, this is so much easier when I'm at home and I don't have to wear clothes. <laughs> and Nick is again bouncing off her hip being like, the fuck is happening? Why is my girlfriend like this? He's on the right of his afterlife. Let's face it. There you go. So she levels up to get to the funk guy and he's like a Casanova Frankenstein, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever vibe and ass, dance party man, 
hosted by Josie James, bitch. And he's flamboyant. He's wearing rainbows. He's mad funky. And she gets up to him and she sees her dad up there about to go save Rosalind. And Josie James, the funk-ass motherfucker, says the only way to get her sister back is to play his game. When What's his game? It's just a boss battle. Oh, okay. But my favorite thing about him, and this he's a fun character. His character page says he loves Rick James and cocaine. <laughs> well, cocaine is a hell of a drug. They pulled no punches in this. No. They were like, fuck it. And gave no fucks. Yeah, they were like, we're going for like the hard M rating, so yeah. why pull a punch? And we'll, we'll steal jokes directly from Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. He's not going to see a dime. He's riding a UFO that shoots rainbows, because you know, that's what's happening. And at one point, he tries to retreat to outer space right when he's about to die. He's taunting her from his UFO, but he's also trying to get away from her because he's losing the battle. This is a real game I'm talking about. I was going to say, this game gave up a long time ago trying to maintain any sense of reality. It starts with a girl on her birthday. Yeah. We're here now. (laughs) So he's about to die and he pulls up a live feed of Rosalind and he's like, ha ha ha, fuck you. But then Gideon shows up in frame saving her. And Juliet's like, cool, dad saved her. I'm going to kill this dude now that we know that my sister's safe. So she kills Jossie James, and the family's mostly back together now. Rosalind's safe. Juliet's safe. Cordelia rolls up on them. Dad Gideon is there, and they're all regrouping. And they're like, cool, there's only one dark purveyor left. And they plan on using all of their strengths. They're going to need it. (laughs) They will. Juliet's going to come in, swing in. Cordelia's going to be a sniper. Rosalind's the wild card. (laughs) (laughs) because again her character arc starts and ends with chaos (laughs) and the dad's gonna be a flank just to sneak around and get them and the entire time nick is like what's happening i'm over this you should leave me behind we should probably break up because i'm just ahead and you're gonna get bored with carrying me around for a while and she's like nope i love you and he's like kill me you shouldn't please kill me already (laughs) he's begging for death let me die yeah He's truly just like, I don't like what's happening. <laughs> I think you should date someone else. Maybe a vampire slayer. This is insane. Please stop. And she's like, nope. <laughs> it's been a great three months. Right. Probably. I, I bet they've been dating for like three, four months. Fiercely loyal. As loyal as James Gunn is to his actors. <laughs> it's great. So this level, you're going through downtown areas. There's like alleys and streets and there's construction zones. You find a highly infected construction zone and Rosalind takes the opportunity to get you on a wrecking ball and kill zombies with you. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So, you know, they do fun things. So it's not super monotonous because some people have said it feels very it it is hack and slash. Mm -hmm. So it can feel very monotonous, but they do certain things to liven it up because they're not doing like build your own weapons like other zombie games do are they they are in a funky way you earn credits and you can buy different combos and moves and stuff so it's not like you earn your move set you have to go buy your move set got it and you do get some upgrades along the way so the entire time Juliet and nick are fighting about consent because he's like i don't want to do this and she's like nope this doesn't have a good message to give it doesn't. And they're they're also fighting about their future. Nick's feeling like Juliet just thinks he's a head boyfriend and like wants the novelty of dating ahead. And Juliet's like, no, I love you. Like, you're my partner. And he's like, I like your optimism. <laughs> he was going to break up with her, wasn't he? he? I think he wanted to. <laughs> I think he was absolutely going to break up with her. And then he died. And then it was like, oh, fuck. Now I'm kind of stuck with her. And it was her birthday. Yeah. So he's like, if I get through her birthday, give it two weeks. I'm in the clear. And it's, I'm not the asshole. Right. Oh, no. Like, we're going to go to different colleges. It doesn't make sense. I want to fuck new people. Totally. No. He had no intention of making this relationship last, and now he's like, I'm stuck with you. I'm literally attached to your hip. (laughs) This is terrible. So Gideon sees the last purveyor, and he's like, Juliet, I've got eyes on her, and I give a small blessing to Nick, so I'm kind of cool with this. You're okay. And Nick's like, I I just want to go home. (laughs) I just want to die. I want to go to die. They get to a church where Swan, the Sean Gunn character who opened up the world of the rotten world on earth. He's there. He looks like death note and Beetlejuice fucked. Ooh, very, very goth. So the last purveyor rolls in on a flaming motorcycle 
leather jacket, the whole deal. Hell's Angels. Yeah. Uh, he's Lewis Legend, who's just kind of a generic old school rock guy. He's riding his bike in game during the battle, which is kind of cool. Just keep it fun. Okay. After the first phase of the battle, his bike turns into an elephant monster, which aesthetically looks great. Elephant monster? I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> so as he kills Julia, it's like, bitch, you're next at Swan. And plot twist, Swan's laughing. <laughs> Why is he laughing? He said, he told us at the beginning of the game, he doesn't say game. He's like, day, whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. He needs to open up hell and the ritual must be done. The ritual was actually to have all the dark purveyors defeated. Oh, no. It was in his plan for Juliet to kill all the dark purveyors in the first place. Oh, shit. This is all going according to plan. Now that the ceremony has been completed, the selected zombies were killed and said the right things when they died. Juliet's like, why? And Swan says, you are supposed to be different, but you're all the same. And then he calls her a bitch. Just straight up calls her a bitch? Yeah, he's like, you're a bitch. (laughs) And she's like, what the fuck, man? And he's just like, you girls are supposed to like me, but you don't, and I'm emo. So I opened up the rotten world to kill you all. Oh, so it was because she wouldn't go out with him? Literally. Okay. Which is fucking dumb. (laughs) And then he shoots his own head. What? And his body gets pulled up into the sky. And his voiceover says he was rejected by the world and wants to make the world suffer because he wasn't loved. Which, spoiler alert, happens in the Girl Ghostbusters movie, too. Right. I was going to say, this sounds so much like the Girls Ghostbusters movie. Oh, totally. So these zombie corpses rise to a multi-story being. The zombie of zombies. Kill a Billy. So, like, these zombies, like, their bodies connect to each other and, like, make, like, a Transformer zombie or, like, a Megazord zombie. Okay, to speak on Ghostbusters one more time, it's like a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow zombie that's, like, as tall as a building. Okay. Because I think we're in Ghostbusters territory now. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. This game doesn't give a fuck. No. And he's just like a big Elvis rockabilly zombie. Okay. That Swan's like got fucking resurrected into this world. And Juliet's like, why? It's my birthday. (laughs) So she gets this call from Sensei who's calling her from the afterworld because that's a real fucking thing. And he's like, to kill him, you have to get very close to him. And she's like, that sucks. So, Like emotionally? I hope so. (laughs) She's like, dear Killabilly, (laughs) I want to open up to you about some things. Right. So Nick is like, I guess I'm along for the ride. And he starts showing more interest in Juliet. And he's like, all right, you got it, babe. And she's like, I've killed a bunch of stuff. And he asks her questions. And she said she killed a bunch of Sasquatches once, which I just wanted to include. (laughs) Not an adventure we've seen. No, this is a separate thing. Maybe they're alluding to a prequel series we may never get. But she said she killed a bunch of Sasquatches. A bunch of them. I don't think they move in herds. I felt like there's maybe one left. Yeah. Like you only refer to like the one Bigfoot. The one Yeti. Yeah. There's not Yetis. Yeah. It's rarely plural. So Killabilly picks up Juliet like King Kong picks up the little girl and tries to eat her at one point. And during the fight to save Juliet, sexy-ass dad Gideon rides his motorcycle into Killabilly's face with a grenade to stop him and save Juliet. Oh. My favorite character sacrifices himself. That's what the dad's supposed to do. Ugh. So Sensei calls again and he's like, Juliet, go into his head hole to kill him. And Juliet's like, I just watched my fucking dad drive his motorcycle into his face and die. I need a minute. And he's like, don't care. Go, go, go. Take a minute later. Yeah. And she's like, for real? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yes, bitch. I'm calling from the afterworld. Here, you want to talk to your dad? He's right here. Yeah. (laughs) He just walked in. Get over here, buddy. (laughs) Oh, that's dark. And Nick is like, you got to do it, dude. You got to. We're rolling with the day. You just got to go. It's like 10 p.m. Right. My day started so long ago. I thought I was going to go to math class today, and now I'm ahead. Now I'm just ahead. So she's like, fine, fuck you. She runs inside of Killabilly, and she's hacking and slashing her way through his body, and she gets to the heart, where she sees Swan's headless body is tied to his heart core. Heart core. Heart core of his being i it's hard to refer to him as a person because he's a giant zombie monster yeah no it's great 
It's fucking weird. It's just the, the things that are coming out of your mouth and the phrases that like you have to create because of this game. Thanks, James Gunn. It's just uh, it, I'm, I'm listening to it and I just have to repeat some of the things you say because they're so outrageous. This is all James Gunn's fault. <laughs> so she's like, that's terrible. And Sensei had said when she kills the core with the body, the kill Billy will die. But it has to be Swan's body to kill the core because Swan's the one that resurrected all the zombies. Of course. Obviously. She just hadn't gotten to this chapter of her training yet. <laughs> and she's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? And she realizes the only way to get Swan's body to die is to put Nick's head on Swan's body to crash the core. But he would be dead, too. Oh, but that's what he wants. <laughs> he did beg for that like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Nick's like, I'm down to clown. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to die. He's like, yeah. So she's sad. She puts his head on Swan. She kisses him. She says she loves him. And she runs out of there and the core erupts. And we cut to space. Outer space? Outer space. Oh. Nick's head is floating in space. (laughs) I'm just going to let you laugh. Of course it is. And is told by Sensei's voice that because of his bravery, he would be rewarded. (laughs) That's a reward? So we cut back down to Earth, <laughs> where Nick's head is now on Sensei's body. Oh. What? <laughs> he, he's got a 90-year-old man's body now? He was going to be rewarded for his bravery, but there was a mix-up, and instead of his body, he got the body of Sensei, <laughs> who's about four foot eleven. <laughs> his head comes right up to Juliet's tits. Oh, that's all right. We're back on Earth, and Gideon is alive, save for one testy. One testy. Yeah. So, to reiterate, both of these men died. Right. Nick's been dead for a minute. Right. Basically, right? Like, he had black magic to help save his head. He he was an 18-year-old football player, and he was an attractive football player. He okay. Was, he dies. He comes back as a four foot eleven, partially 77-year-old Japanese man. <laughs> Gideon, on the other hand, dies also bravely, saves his daughter, saves the world. He comes back and he's only missing a nut. He's just missing a single nut. A single nut. And he's had his kids. He doesn't give a fuck. He was already old. He was married. He had a he had three girls. They're all badass zombie hunters. He doesn't need two nuts. Right. He's fine. And he's gorgeous. And he said he lost in the plas, but it's okay because he fixed it with a staple gun. <laughs> Which give us a show not tell. I want that scene. Right. So it's Juliet, Nick slash the sensei body her sisters her dad and she's like this was the best birthday ever this is all in one day they walk off into the sunrise into the sunrise yeah oh, I like so that. it's within a 24 hour period okay so this it's an episode of 24 yeah with jack bauer <laughs> kind of <laughs> and now that we're at the end there's two endings two he learned from marvel early he did <laughs> Well, no, I'm sorry. There's a good ending and a bad ending. Oh, got it. So the good ending, if you save all your civilian classmates throughout the game, you have birthday dinner and cake with Juliet's mom and sisters, and it's a sweet moment where you're like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, the cake's not a lie. Happy birthday, yeah. If you don't save all the civilian classmates, mom is a zombie, and chaos ensues. Oh, no. Oh, no. There is no cake. No, the cake was a lie in that one. And that is the magical story of 2012's Lollipop Chainsaw. That sounds so chaotic. It's so chaotic. And so James Gunn also at the same time. Absolutely. And it really wasn't panned well enough to get a sequel for obvious reasons, I think. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) There was a lot of games like that that came out of that era, too, though, that just were... Weird hack and slashes that were just for fun and came out and didn't make a splash, but the people that played them seemed to be like, yep, that was fun. I want to call it like the Mountain Dew generation of games where it was just really bombastic. They wanted to make headlines. They wanted to do a thing. And then we got this great era of indie games that were really understated and like, we're going to make things as creepy as possible. Right. And those are the other games we cover in this show. (laughs) But, you know, I really just wanted to include this because I remember the marketing being so alpha male and testosterone driven and being like, there's no way there's story to this. And then I watched the entire game and was like, yeah, there's no story to this. (laughs) But I wanted to piece together 
what was left of a story because this is insane. Right. Well, I remember when you telling me that you were going to be picking this game to talk about. I immediately was like, oh, the James Gunn game. And you're like, wait, you knew about this shit? Because <laughs> he got involved in that game in like 2010. And mm-hmm. then the game didn't even come out until 2012. So I remember hearing about like he was getting involved in this shit and he was getting heavily like lending all of his expertise into it. And that it was going to be absolutely balls to the wall, like outrageous. Then obviously the reviews came out and I was like, okay, I'm not going to play that shit. But you can definitely tell that he wrote so much of it though yeah. like you and obviously he got so many of his friends to voice act in it you know like half the fucking guardians that aren't main guardians are in this game <laughs> like everyone except dave Bautista basically showed up for him well right because he didn't even get to meet him until later nathan fillion wasn't in this which is interesting really he's usually a part of james gunn stuff yeah he usually comes into play when we watched the suicide squad you specifically were like which one was nathan fillion yeah <laughs> i was like oh he died immediately yeah it was the guy with the arms that like got detached or something like that yeah yeah that was a fun movie that one it's it's more fun than the first one i know in a past episode i've said that i hadn't seen the uh, suicide squad I've now seen both of them. Um, like the first one better than I thought it would. And now he's wearing glasses to show that time has passed. <laughs> you, you know what? It's it is fun for what it is, but you can't take it seriously. No. And it wanted to be taken seriously, which was my issue. Yeah, I can see that. But you know, with most James Gunn productions, you walk in kind of tongue in cheek, knowing it's going to be a little silly, but you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, you might get a like rock turned into Pac Man. <laughs> you might. Definitely a thing that's happened on screen that we paid money to watch. Right. But you might also cry hysterically because a blue guy died. So there's that. Yeah. I would also like to recount one of my favorite voice moments in this game. Yes. So Juliet is with Nick. They're running through the school, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she is like, I get to learn so much about you now that we're hanging out all the time, which also proves that they haven't been dating that long. Mm -hmm. And she goes, what's your favorite color? And he's like, it's blue. No, it's green. It's definitely green. <laughs> and she's she says some line basically like, I'm so stoked that we get to spend so much time together. And he goes, fuck me, it's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Which feels very James Gunn of like, eh, eh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, but just it's also a testament to Michael Rosenbaum's incredible timing, incredible pacing. He does such a great job as Nick. I cannot say enough great things about his performance as Nick. I mean, I believe it. The man's an incredible performer. He's got just the quickest wit. He's so funny. Like, I believe every ounce of that. Oh, I, I'm on board for him forever. Yeah. Again, if you don't know Michael Rosenbaum and his, and his podcast inside of you, definitely check that out. Check out Smallville. Hell, he makes a great Lex Luthor. And after you're checking that out, check out our podcast again. We're going to be uploading more episodes very soon. We are back in the swing of things. We really are. And we are so excited. We've got some really fun games coming up, some big titles, some small titles. Oh, yeah. Some weird shit that I think is funny. (laughs) No, that was this episode. This episode was entirely me self-servicing going, this is fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be back, and uh, I we, we have some great games coming. And so, yes, next week we've got a game, uh, Outlast, that we did. Ugh. We recorded it a while ago. Listen to it. It's still fantastic. We just make some dated references. That's about it. I'm still a little traumatized from that game. I don't blame you. I remember you just being so scared under the blankets with that one. And you were like, are you okay? And I'd say, no. <laughs> Does it look like I'm fucking okay? And it looks like we've got probably the scariest game yet coming up. Absolutely. And also to speak on Outlast, I think it's going to be really fun. If you're curious about the Outlast world, there is a second game. There is a DLC that runs concurrently with the first game. And Outlast Trials is going to be coming out relatively soonish, which is not Outlast 3, but an Outlast title, which is super exciting. So if you get excited by next week's episode, just know that there's so much more content for your depraved, fucked up mind. (laughs) Because if you're really into this world, you shouldn't be. And okay. can I tell you, I got into like the subreddit of Outlast and lost my fucking mind. That is a dangerous path to go down if you find a subreddit. There shouldn't be fan art. Why is there fan art? Because people are fucking depraved. Did you find any fan art of Lollipop Chainsaw? Ooh, probably don't. That's I don't want to talk about the. There's a. Okay, in Lollipop Chainsaw, <laughs> you can adjust your camera and there's a certain achievement you can get if you upskirt Juliet enough. Stop, really? So I did not... Enough? 
I did not want to go down the subreddit rabbit hole for this game <laughs> because I was scared I would break my computer with like porn viruses. I'm not even fucking lying. It's and it's an achievement that you can't like take off of your achievements page. It's literally like the scarlet letter for pervert. It's a it's the scarlet P. Oh my god, I love that so much. Do you? I do. Well, you didn't want to check out like the rule 42 on this one at all. It kind of does it for you. Like you can. <laughs> Looking through the skins, the skimpiest one, you can get down to a shell bikini where really? it's like just shells over the nipples and like over the conch shell. I'm going to call it a conch shell. <laughs> I didn't feel good about that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, but no, you can get pretty graphically down there. And it's funny because you can do like sexy bikini, you can do like smaller cheerleader outfits, and then you can do like Japanese maid outfit. Now, are these all purchased with the same kind of currency that you're buying like your weapons upgrades with? There's slightly different ones. There's ones that you there's points that you can earn to get combos and learn different moves. And then there's platinum coins that you can turn in for um, outfits, which I think you get through achievements like, oh, I have a 10 hit combo. I get a coin. It's a it's a strange currency system. But the better you are at the game, the more currency you earn to do both um, attacks, moves and to get outfits and sexy outfits and stuff but you can really get her down to her skimpies i'm just thinking if that game came out now with the microtransactions oh god oh and loot boxes for it like that Ugh. would be oh i bet people would have paid a lot of money for some of those outfits <laughs> i think they would pay a little money for those outfits <laughs> it's a never underestimate game. guys in their wallets that's fair that's very fair they had OnlyFans down for two days and brought it right the fuck back. Right the fuck back. <laughs> That's true. I'll give you that one. They took away nudity for 20 seconds. <laughs> You're like, nope, this was a mistake. There's one dude that plays violins on OnlyFans like, this is great. <laughs> and then he was chased out of town. This doesn't affect me at all. Yep. All right. Uh, but yeah, a fun game. It's worth listening to this show about, and that's kind of it. <laughs> if you see James Gunn, Ask him about it. I would love to see James Gunn be asked about this now at a comic panel. Okay. Being like, fucking tell us about Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. Fucking John Cena. And then be like, justice for Juliet. <laughs> and him go, hell yeah, man. Because I, I feel like he really loved it. I feel like he really got a kick out of doing a video game. He loves yeah. the culture. He loves nerds. Mm -hmm. This seems like something he really enjoyed doing and it just didn't work out great. But give him another one. Like, you would hope it didn't burn him out of doing a video game. Okay, pop question. Okay. If you could have James Gunn come in and stunt write for a franchise or game or title, what would it be? And why is it Crash Bandicoot? Okay. <laughs> Kidding. I mean, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, there's no talking, really. So it'd be... Ooga Booga. Yeah, there's really just the Ooga Booga of it all. I'd love to see him do a role-playing game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what what franchise necessarily I would want him to jump into. Maybe something new. Yeah, but I think I think a role playing game would be really cool with him. Okay. Because he can bring that comedy, he can bring that action, and he can bring that like tearjerker. Would you want to? You mentioned this game earlier. Would you want to see him rewrite God of War? God of War would be pretty decent with Dave Bautista as uh Kratos. Is it Kratos? Kratos. Kratos. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're just knocking it out of the park so far. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I got nothing. nothing. Else. <laughs> no, I got nothing. Sean Gunn as the little boy, but he's like an awkward teenager. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of over it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're going to just cast Finn Wolfhart in that because he's just the kid. He only does period pieces. What do you think God of War is? Fair enough. <laughs> Very fair. It's, it's the like 1080s, but you know, instead of the 1980s. The 1080s. Oh, it's so fun. And just. Give him another game. I feel like now that he's a more developed writer, he's been reined in by Marvel, he's been reined in by DC, he knows how to refine his craft. I think he could do something really cool. I think so too. Let him and Nathan Fillion do a Firefly game. Because I think he's at a point where now he doesn't need to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. That's very fair. Because this was very edgy for the sake of being edgy. This is the era that he got in trouble for his tweets yeah. from. Yeah, if you all remember say. that. <laughs> when he lost Guardians 3 temporarily, it was from this era of tweeting and stuff. Of his career and stuff where he's just being super edgy. Yeah, and he used gay as a slur. And he's since apologized and said, I understand why that's offensive. And I've made amends to work towards that. And, you know, I 
see you see by his actions he's not using gay as a slur he's not being disrespectful for the sake of edge you know yeah but i'd love to see him do another game i think this was a good practice and frankly the dialogue was really fun yeah like let him write he does have fun dialogue entirely totally he's a unique voice i'd love to see more from him wonderful I would like to see another game from him as well. All right. I think we're done with this game, though, because I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> it's all right. We'll cut this one down. All right, Goombas. <laughs> Thank you all very much. We are so excited to hear you next week. See you next week. Hear you next week. You- for you to hear us. For you to hear us next week. That sounds so insane. <laughs> I mean, we have interacted with a few of you. Some of you have sent us fan mail. We appreciate it. You've reached oh, out on Instagram. Like, love we've- that. Love it. Like, seriously, love hearing from you. Please keep reaching out. We'd love to. Our email is in the show notes. So if you have suggestions for games, we are we are literally doing FNAF because people have asked us for it. Because of you all. And I'm willing to play weird shit since, you know, I played Outlast purely for this game. So <laughs> Tom played Bendy purely for this show. I did. Despite hating it. <laughs> and then I played games not for this show and then realized, holy shit, we have to do this game for this show. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so very much. We are so excited to be back. All right. Until next time. Bye.